0: Uh, welcome to the first official episode of um, Bit of You podcast. We've got a really, really interesting guest on today, and we are very excited for, to get into that. But before we do, I just wanted to do a vibe check. Abdullah, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm good. So we're we're very new to this whole
1: podcasting, and um, I want to know how you wh- how what what was your experience with you
0: know the first episode and editing and. It was a lot of fun. It was, I mean, we've spoken about this. It was a big learning curve, I think, for the both of us in terms of actually recording it and then editing it. And I think this learning curve will continue for a while. But it's been a lot of fun. And it's a nice thing to do every couple of weeks to just kind of get together and uh, and meet people and talk to people and have like these concise conversations. Yeah. But I'm really excited. I'm really excited to go live, which we should be from the time of us recording this should be in a few days. Yeah yeah
1: so how many ums did you have to cut out from the first episode
0: about 182 (laughs) um it uh, there i go again with the um it was i think we'll learn not to um as often uh but i mean again it's it's fun it's such a nice creative process so
1: so yeah we were saying in the last episode like we were basically trying to uh, you know get people on the show that have um, different experiences different interests different hobbies so do you maybe want to introduce today's guests?
0: Sure. So we have a guest on today called Khalid. He's 36 and we're going to be talking to him about his fitness journey. Khalid has been in my life for about 10 years now and mine
1: mine for, for 33. Everyone.
0: He's my brother, so Yeah. And I think we both, correct me if I'm wrong, we both look up to him as a uh, for many reasons, but yeah. one of the biggest things is that he has really introduced us to fitness and has been there throughout our journeys. Yeah. Uh, and we've had a lot of conversations with him off of this podcast, and I'm excited to kind of bring some of that in and learn some new things as well. He has some fresh perspectives about fitness and about a lot of things. I'm always really happy to have conversations with Khalid, so I'm excited for everyone to get to meet him and for us to have a conversation. Yeah. So other than that, how's your week been? How have you been feeling? Yeah, all
1: good. Uh, it's been pretty good. I did a bit of a staycation here in the Emirates. So uh, we went up to Al Ain, which is, is is a city in the Emirates of Abu Dhabi. And it's it's a bit of a different sort of scenery. It's more mountainous. So yeah, it's a bit of a different experience than both Abu Dhabi and Dubai. And all the other Emirates. So yeah, it was really
0: nice. Did you get to do any kind of like outdoor things or was it more So
1: not so much. It's uh it's quite hot right now, but we drove up to Jabal Hafit, which I think is the highest peak in the Emirates. So there's a there's a direct there's a there's an asphalt road up to the top. So it was it was really nice actually and the temperature was was uh was significantly lower than than on the at the city level. Yeah. So I think the car measured I think we were 43 degrees before we went up. And I think it was 37 or 36 when it got to the top.
0: So was your resort at the top? No. no. Oh, okay. okay.
1: We just we just drove up and then yeah hung out, hung out on top and then came back down.
0: Yeah. I went to the beach yesterday, which is the first time I go to the beach in about a year, if I'm being honest, which was insane. Did you go to Seoul Beach? We went to Seoul Beach. It's Thank so you. nice. Thank you, Abdullah. I went with a few friends. We all loved it. We went quite late, so we got there around quarter to four because it's just so hot it doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense but what really surprised me is that when I was going into the beach I saw people coming out who had spent the entire day there first of all they were so tan and they looked exhausted and more power to you I mean that's amazing but I don't know how people do it I mean so I went a few weeks ago and I think we
1: went at like 2 p.m. and it it was really hot but then at I think at 3 the sun kind of cracks and it becomes a lot cooler.
0: There's a bit of a breeze. There was yeah. yesterday. Yeah. So
1: I would say like three to sunset is a good time or early in the morning until about noon. Yeah. Is is the best time. But I love Soul Beach.
0: I love it too. It's And the if you live in the is... UAE, you should go to Seoul Beach. But it's kind of inspired me. I haven't been out much since all of this started for several reasons. But it's inspired me to kind of just go outside and i think i I want to go to the pool more often i think the pool is a better option because it's cooler Mm. Uh, so i think i'm trying to gonna go this week or next weekend uh try to schedule something it's it's nice to just be outside yeah which i haven't in so long and everything is social distanced and i mean yeah you feel safe
1: i mean even at the the hotel we stayed in this weekend everything is like all like catering to to covid it's like You, once you get into the room, there's like a seal at your door and it says like, you know, welcome to your safe space. And you open and it's like, basically they've taped it shut. So they've like sanitized the entire room. The towels have a thing on them that say they've been sanitized. Even the the lounge chairs by the pool have been sanitized. And like, I've seen people go around and sanitize them. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think we were talking about this earlier today, but this is like the new normal for us. Yeah. And I think it's healthy and important to start letting go of a bit of the anxiety and 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 making choices that are still smart but also productive and healthy which is getting out and doing things and, yeah. yeah
1: you have to adapt in in some way and, and like for me it's si- kind of stepping out of the comfort zone in a sense because i i am really paranoid about the, the whole covid situation so kind of being out sort of i guess makes it you know you you kind of easier to accept or yeah I don't know just like I I kind of manages the the paranoia of it I guess
0: I agree yeah yeah it's good and I think we should start scheduling a bit more outdoors things yeah I mean I am a big fan of just hanging out but I think every once in a while it's good to get out and do something especially now that the weather hopefully should be getting better over the next couple of months not right now but agreed yeah so I think I mean that's it uh, for for this week. Uh, I think over the next couple of weeks our intros will be a bit more in depth, but we are very excited to jump into this conversation. So I think we're going to do that now. Do you agree? Yeah. Okay, cool. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with uh, our first guest, Tralet.
1: Welcome back, So today's guest is Khaled. He's a 36-year-old, almost 37-year-old father of two. Today's conversation is predominantly going to focus around fitness, Khaled's journey with fitness, how it started, how it progressed, and all these other things that stemmed from fitness. And he's also going to be asking us certain questions that he's interested in or topics that he'd like to learn more about that's... Maybe we can share. So essentially, we have a set of questions that we're going to ask. And and, um, yeah, should we get to it? Let's get to it. So Khaled, tell us a bit about yourself.
2: Yeah. So thanks, guys, for having me today. I uh, grew up in Abu Dhabi. I spent uh, eight years of my life in Canada from 15 to 23 years old, which was a very influential part of my life because that's my later adolescence into my early, early 20s. I really enjoyed my time in Canada, if I'm honest. And uh, what I loved most was the access to nature. We, we live in the UAE, which is a beautiful country for the most part. Uh, we have a lot of luxuries here and a lot of amenities available to us. And the desert is beautiful and so are the mountains. But having that lush green access to the woods, being able to, to walk around on trails and breathe in that... Rich oxygen that you only get when you're underneath the trees and in the shrubbery was something I found in Canada, and I've since gone to a few other countries to try to find that as well. I like to travel quite a bit. Normally, at the moment, we're stuck. So, like you were saying, I'm I'm 36 years old. I have two children, a two-year-old and a two-month-old, a boy and a girl, respectively. And uh, yeah, they're the they're, re- they're my reason for living. To be honest, they're the reason why I do everything. I never, well. To say I wasn't, I've I've been relatively selfish growing up. In that we all are when you're when you're a single person because you focus on you know your life, your well-being, your happiness, your health, and so on. But having kids has really made it, it made them my driving factor. They've been the real reason why I do everything I do.
1: All right. So so today's topic is going to be about fitness. Okay. Like we said, your journey with fitness, but not just about that. So we can you know we can we can we can branch off as as needed. But let's start with that. So yeah, tell us a bit about your journey with fitness, how it started, and yeah, just give us a bit of background about it.
2: Cool, so yeah, I, uh, I through my childhood and in my early adolescence, I was a quite a heavier child. I never really enjoyed fitness much. I, uh, my, my father was big into it, so I would play squash, swim. That's really about it. I did karate when I was quite young, maybe seven or eight years old but I never really found a passion in it until later, when I, in my early 20s. I remember I was walking back to my apartment and it started to pour down with rain. This, the heavens opened up and just, I, I, I was rushing to get home and eventually I started jogging to kind of get home quickly. And when I walked walked in my apartment, I realized I really enjoyed that. So I, I changed out of my wet clothes. I put some running gear on and some old basketball shoes that I had that were tattered and torn, but I, I threw them on anyway, because the, the closest thing I had to, to, to fitness shoes, uh, running shoes or whatever. And I went in for a 45 minute run, which was, uh, it, it felt cleansing. You know, you feel like you just, it, it, it was really a nice reset. And since then, it's actually been... Whenever I'm in a country where it's ra- where it's raining, whereas most people, uh, logically, would want to sit inside in, in the dry warmth, I typically get excited, throw some running shoes on, and just go for a jog. It doesn't have to be very long. It could be just half an hour or so. But I just like to get out there, and, and I find it really... It's, it's really refreshing, really nostalgic for me.
1: So one of the, let's say, funny memories I have of, of you was... When you were in university in Canada and I was living in the UAE, and you traveled, and at the time there was no direct flight. So it was probably a 23, 24 hour journey with a with a layover somewhere in Europe. And I think you got home at like midnight or 1 a.m. And you're just like, oh, I'm going to go for a run. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> now and you're like yeah, yeah, yeah i'm gonna go for a run and yeah you went out for like a half an hour a one hour run at two in the morning <laughs> after being after being on a plane for 24 hours so yeah I, I mean and i i think we can get to that but that that to me is a bit more of the sort of therapeutic or the the psychological effects of of fitness and in a sense that it kind of sort of calms you or de-stresses
2: you absolutely i think for me, fitness is not a physical thing. I'm I'm in decent shape, but I'm not out there trying to seek, you know, that perfect sculpted physique that you see on the magazines and, and on Instagram and so on. For me, honestly, it's 90% mental. It's my way of de-stressing. It's the way I think about something. So if I really need to think, think about something, I'll do... Running is, is my number one. I, I do other stuff, but, but running really is a way that I can just focus on something, play it out in my head, play out all the scenarios, and I come back, and especially when I don't listen to music. So if I really want to think about something, I just go in silence, put some sunglasses on and just go. And I really, I come back and I would have, by the time I've had my shower, I would have cooked up the idea in my head as to my decision or my consideration or my where I want to go with something. So absolutely, I think it's, it's more, more mental than it is physical.
1: Yeah, I agree. So, like that. I mean, that that to me, two two things two two things that happened to me stick out with that. So, once I remember, I was at the time, and and Sami mentioned this before. We did that half marathon, and in two thousand and twelve. And at the time, I was training for it, and I remember something was on my mind, and I was at the time we were training almost every day, and I went out for a run, and I think I was averaging like seven or eight kilometers a day just to kind of keep the blood flowing and stuff. But that that one day, there was something on my mind. And I went out for a run and I like, for whatever reason, I just kept running. And I like, I think it's because there was something on my mind. I ended up running 15 kilometers that day, but it wasn't like, it wasn't planned. I didn't have any water with me. Oh, wow. It was, it wasn't completely, it was unplanned. But like, I think the fact that there was something on my mind is that through the process, I was slowly think, thinking things through and th- figuring things out. And like, that's what preoccupied me. It wasn't the fact that I was tired or whatever. So that, that's one thing that I think yeah, I agree with you on that. And, and another thing that once happened was I was at work and there was a lot of stress and I remember I had a headache. Mm and i went to the gym after and i was like oh should i go should i not go i'm like oh i have a headache i'm like whatever let me just push through and go and funny enough if you have a headache and you work out you're supposed to have a worse headache after yeah and like what i realized is after the workout i actually had no headache at all and i think it was a stress-induced headache but that just kind of goes to show the fact that you know it is a huge stress reliever yeah and it's a huge outlet for, for that kind of stuff
2: yeah And I was there when both you guys did your half marathon as well. I was there and I did the same run. And I remember, well, distinctly about the both of you. So Abdullah is more of a natural runner than I am, as in he just... Not anymore. What's that? (laughs) Not anymore. I guess, well, (laughs) but like right away, I remember, you know, I I was... I was so, you know, expecting that because I'd been running for about six or seven years beforehand, Abdullah jumped in within four or five months. He was, his paces were faster than mine. His distances were better than mine. His, his running me- biomechanics were better than mine. He was more of a natural runner than I was, where I was having to actually focus on, you know, strike your heel. Don't strike your heel. Land underneath your body, not ahead of you. So I was really focusing on how I move and, and, and my pace and not bouncing too much and so on. Whereas Abdullah just kind of did it. And it was uh, it was beautiful to watch, to be honest, and, and really an inspiration. And also with Sammy, so Sammy's not a natural runner. No, but <laughs> he, but he's got grit beyond what I I've ever known. Because I remember that you you mentioned it on the last podcast, which I listened to, uh, or the last episode before I before we came. But I. I remember you said you had blood seeping out of you. And I can attest that there was blood seeping yeah. out of Sammy's shoes. Like in the holes in the sneaker, there was blood pouring out. I think he still um, has the
0: socks, I think. I do, I still have the socks. <laughs> you saved the socks, yeah. nice.
2: Because he had these massive blisters on the soles of his feet. And jokes aside, I mean, these were ma- the, size of the, the size of the palm of your hand. I mean, his entire foot, this, the, the bottom of his foot was blistered and had popped and had seeped and bled. And he kept going. And he just did it, you know you know he had to walk for the last bit i remember you saying you're you're you're, you're, you kind of came in you're like oh i had to walk and i said well man you (laughs) what you've done is amazing to get to, to to get to this stage 21 kilometers is no joke you know it's no walk in the park you know mind the pun but you really did do that and i think for that i i truly respect uh the grit that you have genuinely
0: that's really sweet thank you very much sammy didn't have time for the sweet bus I didn't know. I was terrified of the sweep bus. The sweep bus is the bus that follows the runners, and then if you fall behind a certain time, they pick you up. And it was my nightmare for two weeks beforehand. Khaled, you touched on this, and I mean, our friendship. I think started out with fitness when we would start going running together and then has grown from there and one thing that has always struck me and we've had a lot of conversations about this me and you and have been very open about it is I've always been kind of interested in your relationship with your body and how you view yourself and funnily enough I mean if people saw me and you standing next to each other they would think we're completely different people <laughs> but actually I've found a lot of similarities between our journeys of accepting our bodies and Changing our bodies and why we've made certain decisions in our life, which is strange because, like I've said, you have a whole six pack. Meanwhile, I look like I'm about seven months pregnant, which is fine. I love it. <laughs> oh, <come> um, <laughs> but the fact that we've had act, like such different looking people have had similar or overlapping ideologies about the body is always been interesting to me. So I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your relationship with your physical being and how that's evolved over time.
2: Absolutely. Uh, you are completely correct. I We've had these conversations, so I know you kind of say suffer is a strong word, but you suffer from the same affliction, which is a body image issue. And, and so do I. I mean, and to this day because maybe maybe because I was quite heavy when I was growing up but to this day I still consider myself to be in 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 dirty air quotes fat um and i don't like the word fat because i believe you know you can be uh, you know these these power lifters who are s- some of the strongest people in the world are
0: fat fat for yeah that, you know yeah and that's fine for me personally as a fat person i don't mind the word fat it's a descriptor i mean okay. people are thin people are fat it's it's fine people are tall short. Yeah. Tor- tor-
2: i guess so yeah, yeah. makes yeah. sense yeah but yeah i mean i i to this day believe that i am fat, which is really, it, it sounds silly to say sometimes, but its it's been my biggest driving factor. And actually, I love it because it makes me constantly strive for improvement and constantly seek new goals. And I'm never satisfied and I never will be satisfied. And that's okay. It's okay to be because that kind of having that moving target or moving, you know, setting that bar further and further means I want to be faster. I want to be stronger. I want to be leaner. I want to be... Better in in one way or another But that journey of trying to find this perfect Body or physique Which will never happen And I'm comfortable with that And I know that
0: You're aware of that
2: And I'm aware of that But I've, I've used it to kind of I've harnessed it and said Okay, I know Like this morning I mean, I got on the scale and I'm in my head, so uh, you know, I pin all this. I pin way too much information to, or way too much kind of well-being to these numbers. But in my head, there's a certain weight weight that I want to be under. And in today, I was 50 grams under that weight, and to me, that's huge because I've had a few ru- a few months uh, running up with uh, with a newborn. Uh, we are in lockdown. I'm home all the time. I've got access to the fridge. I still have to, to well, and and as a result, I've been slowly putting on a little bit of weight which is fine I'm aware of it maybe 3 or 4 kilos not the end of the world but it's something I need to catch and manage and the way I manage that is I have a food app which I put all my food into I'm 180 days running now in a row that I've put the food and even if I eat a donut or for you know I'll still put it in the app or if I do whatever and I can see that some days I go over my calorie intake my 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 allowance and that's okay because I figure if I know that I've gone over, then I can do a few days under later on in the week. And as long as my week kind of averages that I'm only a few hundred calories above or under, above or below my my target, then it's okay and it's manageable. To answer your question, though, yes, body image issues are absolutely there. I mean, it's uh, it's amazing that I, I, I watch videos and my sometimes I take videos of myself lifting. So for me, my strength training isn't so much the gym; uh, it's sandbags. So I, I have. A selection of sandbags, which I love playing with, and watching videos of myself. Kind of six months a year ago, I thought to myself, "Wow, I was really doing well then." And I see videos, and I'm, you know, ten kilos heavier because in the last year I've kind of made a concerted effort to lose a bit of weight. So I'm ten kilos lighter than I was a year ago. But I watch videos of myself, and I'm that much heavier, that much fatter, to use the to use the f word, and uh, and I'm. My, my lifting form is shit. I'm not sure if I can say shit. But you can say, yeah, I can say shit. It was shit. Like, it was terrible. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't blow my back out doing it. But, you know, it's, it's that self-criticism that really has allowed me. I've embraced that self-criticism and I'm using it to better myself. Now, with you, Sami, what I understand is that you've also embraced that self-criticism or that, those body image issues and you've grown to accept and that's And that's something that i I strive towards. I strive towards accepting because at the end of the day, although yes I'm saying you're pushing the bar and you're you know constantly uh, redefining your the, the criteria by which you manage yourself or uh, sorry measure yourself rather, you still I, I still will never be happy, and that's just not, that's not good for my headspace,
0: yeah,
1: you know so I think. Um I, I think, yeah, it's it, too much of it is not healthy, but a little bit of it is like you okay. think about work. I mean, you always strive to do better. I mean, uh, whether it's like not necessarily money wise, but position wise. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly trying to get yourself, let's say, promoted to the next level. So you within within your band, you start focusing on different things that are going to get you to the point where you ha- you can jump. In terms of promotion mm-hmm. so you're never fully satisfied in the same way you're not you know you, you know you say oh maybe i can manage a team better maybe i can uh, become technically stronger maybe i can improve on my communication so you're always trying to tinker things here and there to get yourself to that next level and like to be honest there's no like in in your in your career path like the it's a marathon it's not a sprint so you're technically speaking you're never gonna get you're never gonna be perfect. You you always have to keep working on yourself to keep improving
0: to get yourself to that next level. And I think with fitness, it's the same thing. You did mention something about like accepting. I mean, and this is something I've struggled with. I started gaining weight quite early. I was around ten years old, and I can pinpoint like an event that happened that made my relationship with food very negative for a very long time. And so I've been overweight for two thirds of my life. And it's you know saying. Accepting, And this is like a huge thing for me is it only until very recently where I've started to accept myself and love myself. I mean, before I would accept myself, I knew what I looked like and I knew who I was, but I never I was never happy with it. But recently it's kind of been over the past couple of years, it's been a struggle of being happy and being saying this is what I look like and this is who I am and this is the body that takes me through every day. And that's not going to change overnight. And I think that's something a lot of people have to keep reminding themselves is if you want to change, like Abdullah said, it's it's quite good to have goals, but it's also good to be realistic and say, these things aren't going to happen in a month or two or even a year these yeah. things are long term yeah. goals right but being okay with where you are right now and and loving yourself and appreciating what you can do and then striving for other things i think is the big difference and for me i consume a lot of media and i've spoken about this on the first episode a lot of pop culture and I'm always bombarded by images of, I mean, I'm a man. So a lot of images of men, which make me, I don't want to say make me feel bad about myself, but kind of put unrealistic expectations. And I've always said, oh, I wish I had this guy's body, or I wish I had that guy's body. And that's nice, but it's also important to know that even if I was a certain weight, or if I looked a certain way, your body's never going to look like anybody else's. Uh, you're never going to have this person's arms or legs or whatever it is. And it's kind of managing that expectation I think which has helped.
2: And neither will they have someone else's arms or legs, you know. Mine,
0: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You
2: know. And and you, you said it. It's the, the body actually, it's a vessel that carries our brain. Yeah. And gets us through life. And if you can appreciate what your body can do and that's something I've come to that's that's my form of acceptance where I think to myself this body, imperfect as it is, is still the thing that lets me, you know, run around after my kids that lets me pick things up when I need to.
0: So we've, I mean, you've touched on this, but what are your motivations? If you had to kind of really succinctly say, these are the reasons why I lead a healthier lifestyle and I make these choices and I watch what I eat and I try to work out what are your motivations for doing that? And then as well, how do you, keep it up? What, what keeps you going? Why don't you give up on these things? Because I know you and from the moment I've met you, you've always been like an inspiration of someone who tries and continues to do things. And I'm always interested to see why that is and, and why do you keep going?
2: That's a good question. I wish I had a direct answer. I, I don't really know. I, well, what I do is every year I set myself a, a list of goals. So I have my, my annual plan and in that plan, I mean this year, I've got a monthly check to keep my weight within a certain 5 kilo window, to eat my macros or measure my calories for so many months. I've got my I've got my goals essentially that I set for myself. I've also one of the goals I want to do is run an ultra marathon this year, which I'll get to in a minute. And then others are kind of well-being, so be a better father, be a better husband, and then some are got to do with uh, with the environment. So My goal for the year, as far as well-being goes, is be here now, which is an old Buddhist philosophy, which essentially says, you know, be here now, enjoy where you are at this present moment philosophically, but then also kind of on a more shallower sense, appreciate that you can sit on a sand dune and feel the breeze on your face. And, And it sounds simple, but still enjoy it, still be there now, be here now. Yeah. To answer your question, though, sorry, I went in a roundabout way, but to answer your question about what motivates me, I, it's, it's these goals that motivate me. And honestly, if I, not, if I don't have these goals, I have a tendency to smoke cigarettes. I have a tendency to eat too much and lead not such a health, healthy lifestyle. So I by setting these goals, I give myself tangible, quantifiable kind of measurements to hold myself accountable by. So I'm I'm accountable to stay within my weight limit for the month. I'm accountable to run an ultra marathon. So yeah, I've got all these. It's 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 printed on the on the on the inside of my wardrobe. So every morning when I'm getting dressed, I open the door and I can see my goals for the year. It's a reminder. Sometimes it's it's upsetting because you look at them, you're like, oh, "Fuck's sake!" Like yeah. I just don't want to think about this right now. And especially now, I think we've all in different ways
1: suffered through this lockdown. But I think that's an important point because, like. I mean, correct me if I am wrong, but maybe you do feel that giving yourself that one to two hours a day of of just you by your you in, with yourself, focusing on something that's just for you, like you are, yeah. you know, you are either running, you are at the gym training, but that's a that's a concentrated amount of time. It's just you and yourself. You are in your own head, so so that's your time. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. And lately, what I do is I wake up at five o'clock in the morning before the sun comes up because. That's when the kids are still asleep so I can and my wife's still asleep. So I can do an hour of running or or something and then I come home and I can have a shower and I'm able to give myself to those who are important to me. I empty my cup a little bit so I can fill it up, you know, give them some of it.
1: Yeah, right. So there's a few things that we've touched on that we were hoping that we can get into a bit more detail about. Mm -hmm. So one of the things is in terms of fitness challenges, what are some of the challenges that you've set for yourself? And which of your past challenges or experiences has been the most rewarding as well? Do you have any challenges that you've set for, for yourself coming up?
2: Yes. Uh, so my challenge, uh, we touched on this earlier, but my challenges for the year are mainly running related this year. One is to run an ultramarathon. I signed up to one on March the 6th. So it was the last race before things locked down. And I unfortunately did not finish. I was running along and I hadn't done enough heat training, I hadn't done enough hill training, um, I hadn't. I didn't drink any electrolytes, I drank just water. Um, so I, I made a lot of mistakes along the way, I didn't practice my nutrition beforehand, so I didn't learn to eat on the go, and I didn't found, find what works for me. And so I'd taken these peanut butter and jam sandwiches and loaded my backpack full of sandwiches which was actually unwise because I've learned since then that Snickers bars are the best thing. I, I love Snickers bars, <laughs> and I find they're the best running fuel um, because the, you've got the the fat from the uh, the nuts, you've got the sugar from the chocolate, you've got they're salty. They cover all the kind of all the things that you want in an, in an electrolyte kind of fuel, not electrolyte, but just in in, in in running nutrition. Also, I need to drink electrolytes. I need to drink you know, Isostar or whatever you know, or any other brand really, but electrolyte drinks. Yeah. So anyway, I went on this run, and I at twenty kilometers. So an ultra marathon is anything over a marathon. This one was meant to be forty-five, but then it was a new route, and it turned out to be f- closer to fifty when when people were done running it. Plot twist. Plot twist. Yeah. yeah. More more, more Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> surprise kilometers. Another five k to add to the mix. God. So, <laughs> but uh, but no, It uh, so at about 20 kilometers, I started getting some severe cramping. And I mean severe, like I couldn't walk. I had to stop. I couldn't even walk. I, I mean, I just had to stop. And I had to go up a hill. I remember it was up a hill. It was around 11 o'clock in the morning. It was probably 35 degrees, 30 degrees Celsius because it was March. So it wasn't so hot, but it was still very warm up in the sun. There wasn't a cloud in the sky, sun beating down on you. And I started cramping pretty badly. But I still made it up the hill to the the aid station. And uh, one of the ladies at the aid station gave me a a, a a sachet of something called the Cramp Fix, which is essentially just vinegar, flavored vinegar. But it's meant to help with cramping. And, and it did. It was huge. It really helped. But my muscles were so sore from cramping for 45 minutes to an hour getting up that hill that um, I was just, I was beaten down. Oh, for, wow. Forget the legs. Yeah, my tongue, my, my arms, things that I wasn't using were, were cramping up. In addition to my my legs, like my quads, my calves, everything was just tight and painful.
1: Do you use uh, goo gels?
2: I do. Yeah, yeah. So I I I I, I did at the time. Uh, since I've since that run, I've stopped. I've been on the Snickers, and they're they're working for me. So I'm going to stick with it it's for like a while. It's like that time
1: we went for a run and uh, we we went and bought I bought everyone goo gels, and then I remember I forgot them.
0: I forgot all the good gels at home. Anyway, yeah. No, but then we try them once. They're absolutely revolting. Yeah, you didn't it's like though, yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a honey, f- like, they're like a fruit fly. Like you're like, and it's like glucose. You're just like, sugar. Yeah. <laughs> You know, whereas but, I figure Snickers, you're eating something or a sandwich, at least you're eating something that's substantial, There's some substance to it, which is nice.
1: I think it's, yeah, it's so important because we've never done anything more than, I mean, I haven't done anything more than a half marathon. That was the only time I ever did that. Mm-hmm. With 10Ks, it's like, I think, yeah, I mean, I think nutrition plays a lot less of a, like, we used to eat sandwiches before we go, like peanut butter and jam or banana, and then you're fine for it.
2: Yeah. So, a 10K is really no problem. Even a half marathon, you don't really have to worry about nutrition.
1: So that one, you, you unfortunately didn't finish?
2: No. Okay. But I've heard, I once heard, and recently before that, and I've kind of stuck with it as my uh, my solace, is you, there are no mistakes, only lessons. So mm. I've taken all the lessons out of that experience. Granted, it was a failure in that way. I did, I did not finish the race, which is fine. I didn't achieve my goal. But... I've taken I've tried to be as positive as I can about it and I've taken the lessons away from it
1: I think I think it's interesting I mean Michael Jordan one of his most famous courses he says I don't know the exact wording but he says like I've failed essentially countless times and that's why I succeed so yeah I think like you said lessons lessons from those experiences and I yeah like you you sound like you've learned the right type of lessons from that and I'm hoping so. Only time will tell. (laughs) Only time will tell. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the second part of this question is what's been the most rewarding challenge you've set for yourself? Because Sammy mentioned on the last episode that the half marathon was his most uh, sort of rewarding uh, fitness challenge. So what has been yours? That, that
2: run was actually my most rewarding. Again, I'm trying to kind of pull the positive, like the pulling teeth with this. I'm truly trying to draw out like blood from a stone with this, but... It was rewarding because it's shown me that I, I'm, i you know, I'm not I'm not as good as I thought I was. Mm. And that's okay. Sometimes this last year has really been humbling for me because I've set so many goals and I've failed and it's not just fitness. I mean, I've had others where I've failed to achieve certain things and it's been,
1: it's humbling. One thing I want to touch on as well is, so you said that the half marathon was your biggest, your most rewarding challenge. Mm. And... I think you ran that half marathon, which is 21K in two hours and 40 minutes. You were 27. Or so. Yeah. Yeah. Something so like that. So yeah. you're Now you're 36. And you're running a 10K in under an hour. 50 minutes. 50 minutes. Under 50 minutes. Yeah. So I, mean, I can't. I, I mean, it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Not I that's very really impressive.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's it's taken a lot of training and I've had to get technical about it. I mean, you have to do different things like high intensity interval training, tempo runs, which are shorter. Uh, they're called tempo runs as in you're, you're, you're running at a faster tempo for a shorter distance. Then you have your long runs once a week and so on. So I've had to find the way to train. I'll have to teach myself the way to train. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I've looked online, read articles and so yeah. on to, to get to where I am and it's 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 honestly it's hard work it's not like I I didn't wake up I mean you see some of these runners who are just amazing you know they're just they're born into it they're just they just do it you know they they they, they'll do their first 100k ultra marathon and they will come in first and you say well how the hell like you've never done that kind of distance before how do you come first let alone finish how do you come first you know but they're 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 freaks of nature like this just some people are good at certain things you know
1: but it does take homework like I mean, I don't want to get too much into this, but like when I was doing CrossFit, for example, there's a lot of complex movements in CrossFit that that take a lot of practice. For example, if you want to do a clean or a snatch, it's definitely, it's not like, you don't just wake up with it. It takes a lot of practice. and And like what I found is watching videos online, watching tutorials and, you know, continuously playing these things back in your head you're not physically practicing the the movement but you're you're training your brain to pick up on certain things that make it more fluid so I'm, I, I think it is the same with running it's it's not just a matter of going out and and you know just and knocking it out yeah 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 the the next question i want to ask is and you touched on this is your the role that food has to play so i know you've been through like 40 or 50 different diets are like i I mean accurate i don't know i don't know the exact number but you've tried everything under the sun you were vegetarian you went paleo you i don't know if you went keto you went
2: i didn't do keto that's the one i haven't done yeah yeah so there's it was later in life though that it became popular yeah Um, so i mean what
1: what have you tried uh what are the different ones that you tried what has been your favorite what did you find worked and didn't work for you obviously it's different for every person and what do you feel has been the most effective I, i don't think you're on a kind of said diet now. You're just kind of measuring certain things. So
2: yeah, I'm just counting calories essentially and trying to stay within my daily limit at the moment. But what I found worked for me. So the, the way I lost the last kind of 10 kilos, which was in the last two years, year and a half, maybe in the last year is really when it happened. But the um, I was intermittent fasting. Mm. So yeah. I would eat. I would stop eating at around eight or nine p.m. and I would start eating at around noon the next day. So it was about 16, 15 hours of fasting each day. Eating um, anything. Or would you have to control what you eat? Well, I have to control what I eat. So that was still within macronutrient breakdown. So I have... The one that worked perfectly for me, the one that really worked, was intermittent fasting sixteen eight, which is 16 hours of fasting, 8 hours of eating window. And then I would... I would calorie count, so I'd have my limit of however many calories per day. And then of that, 40% was carbohydrate, 30% was fat, 30% was protein. So 40-30-30. And that I found worked perfectly for me because I was able to lose the weight that I wanted to lose, keep the energy levels that I needed, and still... Well, it, it worked. So I was able to lose weight, keep my energy, and, and I was able to eat anything. So I was able to, if I wanted to have a big bowl of pasta, have a big bowl of pasta. It's fine. You just won't have your carbohydrates later in the day. So I just had to load it that way. I've always struggled to get enough protein in, if I'm honest, because I'm, I'd say, 80% vegetarian. I, just, I, I do eat animal-based protein, but it's not, it's not at every meal. It's not like I'm drinking protein shakes. It's nothing like that. I mean, I'll, I'll have meat usually once a day, if, uh, once every two days. At one meal, um, and then I might have eggs once or twice as well. So it's uh, it, it, I've I've had to work it out. But basically, I think all the the diets that that you mentioned that I've been on have been. A uh, they've been kind of the journey that I needed to go on to find what works for my body and my my, my metabolism as well.
1: Like what we're doing now is the Joe Wicks, the body coach.
2: I've tried that too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and
1: that's, <laughs> I mean, and, and I found it like, so he also plays with the, I mean, the, the, the way the diet is structured, you're playing with the calories, the cal- cal- caloric intake, but also macronutrients. So it's all about... Whether you're eating a carb refuel or a carb reduced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the portions that you have to balance is, is very interesting. Like I find that, you know, you, you add a lot of things like eggs and cheese to increase your fats and your proteins. Mm-hmm. I never honestly thought of it in that way. Yeah, And I think there's different ways to make up for that, to have your protein and your fats high.
2: Yeah, because it's easy to eat carbs. Carbs are the easiest one to eat.
1: Yeah, yeah. but like I'm now being a bit more easy with it. It doesn't, like, I just found that it's, you know, you have to give yourself a break every once in a while just to keep yourself going. And this is something I told Sammy as well. Like, you know, you can, you can be on a diet, but, like, cut yourself some slack to just keep yourself going. Otherwise, you know, and, like, you can make up for it, you know. Like, you, you know, you can, I don't know, like, you want to eat a chocolate bar. If you're that focused on your, you know, calories, you can work a bit extra hard that day or something. Go for a
0: half an hour walk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, like,
1: you know, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we've touched on this before. What we'd like to know is what are some of the indirect or non-physical related benefits that you find that stem from fitness?
2: Yeah. So sleep helps. I'm able to sleep better with two children. That's an extra challenge uh, because, well, the, the small one, the, the youngest one, she sleeps well in the night. The older one has never been a good sleeper. Although recently he's, he's going through a good sleep session, which is great. So, which is really good, but no, um, I felt, I found sleep has been a big benefit and just general, not caring. I I mean, uh, reprioritization, realizing that it doesn't really matter, you know, whatever's going wrong in your life actually isn't that bad. And the suffering that that you feel on a long run or when you're lifting something heavy, uh, it's, it's tangible. You can really, you know, it's palpable. Whereas this is like when you have you're just feeling crabby that day it's it doesn't really matter that much if that makes sense it kind of gives you some perspective as well yeah oh
0: well, that's interesting to hear to maybe like start to wrap up this part of the conversation before you get into your questions <laughs> I've got yeah. some I've got some good ones for you guys so yeah <laughs> um, one thing I want to ask quite selfishly actually is because it's something I struggle with I sometimes feel like if I'm on this like a journey whether it's trying to eat healthier or quote unquote better or you know fitness I sometimes can lose track and it starts to consume my life in a way that's negative and I I, Disclaimer, I'm fully aware I have issues with eating and I have issues with a lot of things, but I always have to kind of keep myself in check because sometimes it gets out of hand. And I was wondering if you have had that experience at all or if you ever need to kind of recheck yourself and say, OK, this is maybe gone too far or it's consuming my life in a way that's I need to re-prior- reprioritize. Do you mean the
2: fitness consuming too much of my life or yeah, the exactly. diet or whatever? Yeah, exactly.
0: Like the, the strive to be Fit, whether it's food or fitness or whatever it is.
2: Yeah, so recently, it's funny you say that. So, as of, so all the diets that Abdullah mentioned before were quite restrictive. And being married, it's inconvenient logistically to make two meals normal meals for my wife and ridiculous special meals for me. So, as of recently, because I'm eating essentially everything, just in moderation or trying to, then I'm able to, we're able to eat together. So, it's made my relationship with my wife, as far as eating goes, at least much easier. And in general, because we can go out to a restaurant and not. she can say, hey, let's go for Vietnamese. And I'll say, yep, let's go for Vietnamese. Like, It's a bit carby, but that's okay. I know I'm having it. So I'll have no rice with my lunch, for example. I'll have vegetables instead or so on. So I'm able to manage it that way. It can be all-consuming. It can be. And you, you were saying as well with you, you had some it's, it's been all consuming or it's been affecting you negatively as well? Or it how? goes
0: too far. I mean, one thing is, as I said, I'm cutting calories and sometimes it, I take it too far and I'll be like let me skip dinner that's like 500 calories saved and when I get up to go to bed I feel dizzy mm. this is really bad but I'm, I'm just being honest and I get like a bit of a high off of it of like yes like look at me I'm like starving you know <laughs> and I need to then reprioritize and be like whoa 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 this is not sustainable it's not okay like you're a six foot man you know you need to be eating yeah. at least a certain amount of food yes I mean yeah. and I, I need to like recheck myself and be like don't get crazy or you know don't don't work out so hard that you're injuring yourself yeah you know what i mean so yeah i think with you as well like
1: at some point you became like so diligent about everything surrounding that so like food fitness and like i remember i'd used to be like yo let's hang out and you'd be like i can fit you in between like 2 and 3 p.m and i was like <laughs> <laughs> it's because you had to you had to get your workout in you had to go home and cook a certain type of food. We couldn't eat out. We couldn't do this. We couldn't do that.
2: I'm sorry um, about that. that. No, no, no. That's it's in fine. the past. And, but yeah, I I now realize it was silly.
1: And and to be honest, like like at the time I wasn't I wasn't at all into this life of fitness or watching what I eat. So it was very easy for me to be like, oh, like that doesn't make any sense. But like now you realize that like yeah, if you want to eat a certain way, it takes time. If you want to work out a certain way, it takes time. And like I think at the beginning when you start. You know you're you're benefiting you're seeing results so you kind of like want to push yourself as hard as you can so it seems like and like even for me it became the priority it was like this is it you know nothing me and sammy used to hang out on thursday nights but i'd be like i need to work out first and then we'd end up hanging out at like 10 p.m because i had to work out each shower mm-hmm. and then you know your kind of your nights i mean i enjoyed it but like my my evening would start very late and then i would get tired earlier probably because i'm exhausted yeah. Yeah, in terms of socially, sometimes it can, it can, yeah, you have to... Interfere. Yeah, you just have to balance it, I think. And um, I think it takes a bit of time to be able to adjust. I think that's it for the big questions Yeah, from us
2: okay so i have some questions so you
1: so you have some questions <laughs> so i listened to
2: your last podcast and let's turn the uh, tables yeah let's turn the tables. so interview the interviewers so listen to i was like i said i was listening to your last episode and there were a couple of questions a couple of things that i would have liked you guys to elaborate on both of you individually and together so who would like to start first Who would, i have a question for each of you
0: whoever
1: you go sammy i think
0: okay i'll go all, all right why not? sammy so
2: you said you appreciate music and you found solace in music throughout your life yes and and you know moving houses moving countries music has been your constant and I I I couldn't agree more and so one of the things you said you like pop music which is great which is your choice as well that's cool yeah (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's your choice to have. But uh, but you mentioned hip hop. And I know in past conversations we've had that hip hop, some of it, not all of it, but some of it can be misogynistic. Um, they might disregard female rights. Uh, they might look, uh, some hip hop artists might look down on homosexuality. They might kind of give, uh, disregard sexual identity um, or gender di- gender identity as well. So I'd like to take your thoughts on specifically hip hop because I've found hip hop throughout the years has been, it's been a good way to get a lot of words in. So a lot of words communicating a certain idea come in through hip hop. I find it's a stream of, of words, which is an easy way to kind of get someone's opinion on something. Mind you, there are some undertones that I'm not a huge fan of either, because I am, if I'm allowed to say this, a feminist as well, and yeah. I, or an equal rightist, let's say. And I think it's uh, there. It, there is a lot of what you're saying as well in, in hip-hop. But I'd like to get your thoughts on it. What are your thoughts on hip-hop and how it portrays all those subjects?
0: It is problematic. And I think if it wasn't so problematic, I think I would be much more open to consuming a lot of it. But for me... I, I just don't have the space in my life to consume any of that sort of thing. I think it's also important, and this is something I've recently come around to, is that you need to give people the opportunity to learn and to grow. And I think a lot of people, especially in hip-hop, just the people they grew up with, and I cannot hold it against people to have certain beliefs that I don't agree with, right? But as they become more famous and and, and more uh, influential, there's an expectation of changing. And if I see that a person has changed and has apologized for certain things, I'm 100% down to kind of accept that and say, good for you you know like everyone I, I'm sure I've said and thought things that are oh, really nice. problematic right yeah so I think I'm more open now to understanding that people change and I've seen it quite a bit and I've seen a lot more outspoken people whether it's about um, feminism or you know not being homophobic uh, it is refreshing and so I'm a lot more open to that but I think as well when it comes to music it comes to any media uh, and Abdullah knows this about me and it is a, a bit annoying. I don't have the time or space in my intellectual capacity to have anyone take up any sort of uh, time of my time where I don't agree with. So a lot of the the people I listen to, whether it's pop music or hip hop, a lot of the artists that I listen to are female. So even with hip hop, I listen to, I would say, across any genre, 90% are female. And I don't mean this in a bad way. I just don't care to hear about what certain people have to say. It doesn't affect me. But it is also 2020, like you've said, and there is an expectation of being like, drop it. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we are all aware now, right? So you need to drop it. And I think certain people haven't. Someone like Eminem, I, first of all, I don't find him talented in the least bit, in my opinion. But also, like, he's a straight white man in hip hop. Shut up. I don't care what you have to say. Like, there's nothing you can say that I care about or that's going to add anything to my life. And then to add to that, the fact that he's been so misogynistic and so violent in his career and has never really apologized for it. That's someone where I can say...
1: No time. No time. Yeah, I think the narrative has changed, though. Like, it's not as like, you know, these are the expectations of hip hop anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I don't know. I don't have too many thoughts on this, but yeah, I think like it's it's like that narrative has changed and you're finding a lot more acceptance and openness in that culture. Yeah. But
0: see with this new Cardi B song, WAP, that has shown me that people don't actually have that. And surprisingly the biggest kind of Backlash has been from white Mm. conservative males, Mm. which is expected. But it's like this idea of like why is she talking about her genitalia and why is she being so open and proud of it? Why not? How many years have we listened to men talk about their sex lives and you know what? I love it. Good for you. Sure. Yeah. Good for you. Like, why are we now suddenly like, you know, wringing our fingers and being like, oh my god, you know, this is inappropriate. We've all danced to slob on my knob at the, at, at the club. <laughs> or lick my
2: lollipop or there all that shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: And no one ever said anything. But now suddenly, because it's a woman, and and so there are changes, but I still think as a... And I think the changes are really happening from that community, which is really nice to see. But I think the larger community haven't accepted that change yet, unfortunately.
2: But is it is it the listeners? Well, is it the publishing companies that are actually putting this stuff out? And the listeners who are consuming the media, that are propagating this issue as in if if you're if if this kind of misogynistic sex sells then is it in the best interest of the companies selling this media to push this kind of content i mean as a consumer it's it's your 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 voting right which is you're saying i'm not going to consume this media but like is there enough awareness with those people who are actually consuming the media that they shouldn't they shouldn't be kind of pushing this this Way of looking at things this, this
0: That's really interesting actually mm. But I do think And what I really love about this new thing Is it is subversive So sex sells And yes there is a sort of like objectification But it is an empowered and, You know like it's these women who are saying You know you're paying my rent So that you can be with me yeah. I think that's amazing right Rather than the objectification of women And you know selling sex through Having them in bikinis in video clips Where Chris Brown is in, in a hoodie Right? Yeah. Why are you at a pool party dressed in winter clothes and all the women around you are in bikinis? That I disagree with. But if it's a woman saying like, "This is me. This is my body," and you know, worship me, I think that's subversive and that's empowering. But I am very picky with what I consume and what I let into my head because I'm a huge fan of pop culture, and I'm. It does affect the way I think, so I need to be very critical of what I let in. Mm-hmm. Which is why I listen to mainly. Females, mainly people of color, because that's what I want to influence me. And that's what, these are the stories that I personally care about. So.
2: No, fair enough. Fair enough. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Abs, question for you. Tell me. So on the last podcast, on the last episode, you said that you love cities and you love, well, I'm going to ask you what you love about cities. And let me just kind of, preempt it by saying that I love nature. I've always run away from cities and ideally I'd live rurally and commute into the city for work. Um, I find cities kind of hustle, that hustle bustle kind of busy, smoggy environment. I find that to me, it sounds really bad, but I'd like to see your opinion of it because I, selfishly again, I would like to see that and maybe appreciate my environment as well because I too live in a city
1: so i was i was working in construction and i started essentially so there there is a there is a general movement to make construction more sustainable or to reduce environmental impact so that goes on all these different levels either from the methods of construction or down to the like the level of detail of the material that you're actually using to build so a lot of like developers will have to approve certain materials being used on their construction and they'll make sure it's regulated in terms of certain sustainability requirements so like if you're using a certain paint there's like this measure called voc which is volatile organic compound so they'll you'll only they'll only approve a a paint being used on their site if it meets certain requirements if it's below or whatever so i was working in construction and i i was doing what we call material submission so you're submitting materials to be approved by the client that can then be used on site so that kind of that showed me this sort of sustainability side of things so like i started thinking of oh so you you know you're 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 making materials used on a construction site more sustainable so what are other ways you can influence or promote sustainability within you know within the world and actually that was the, the 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 starting step for me in terms of my master's so essentially i started looking at a master's in sustainability and it wasn't about cities it was just the starting point was sustainability and i started looking at sustainability in businesses and all these different things and i started looking around for different masters that were centered on sustainability and i found a program on sustainable urbanism and the thing that attracted me so much of that program was the fact that it was sustainability on a city scale so i just felt like the impact of sustainability on the the scale of the city it was just more impactful than like it's a huge it's a huge like i I don't know how to phrase it but like the the impact is just massive more so
2: than a building and the paint you're using on the buildings what you're saying like like, that's
1: yeah that's micro this was macro scale Mm. that was my entry point to the sort of urban field or urbanism in general and that's essentially how i got into cities but what i do love about cities is there's a lot to love to be honest they're so complex they're so dynamic cities aren't static objects there's so many moving parts and like for you to be able to get all those moving moving parts to work in harmony to get to a point where you have an entire city that functions is just such an incredible accomplishment mm-hmm. and it's always changing so You have a population of, let's say, a million. You have to have enough housing. You have to have enough roads in a way where you strike a balance between congestion and, you know, you have to have a good enough public transport to to get people from their houses to their jobs. You have to have infrastructure that runs under the ground. And that's taking a million. But then cities are growing and growing and growing. So you have to keep accommodating those people. Meanwhile, balancing the environmental effects, so trying to promote growth in a certain way so you're not for example let's say eating into green lands or taking trees away or so it's just so the delicacy of them is what really attracted me to them it's they're so complex they're they're so functional in a way that you might not ever think of you know you're walking around in a city you're driving you don't think twice about how did this infrastructure get there how did you know how are all these people housed how are like you know there there's all these different layers to cities that, and that's what i actually love about city that's from a from a nerdy perspective, but from a human perspective, it's like cities are places, like you just said, like you you would live outside, but commute to the city to work, why? Why are you commuting to the city? As in, you have your answer right there, it's because you work in, like, I, I heard this analogy of cities are like magnets, like they just, it's essentially a hub of work and people and healthcare and, you know, all these facilities that make your life function, like your social life is all in cities. Like if you were to live rurally, I mean, you may have a small community out there, but you know, you you can go to the store and bump into a friend, you can get on a bus and bump into a friend, you can meet someone for coffee very easily. Like, so that is what I love about cities. And like, you know, the experience that you get every single day is different. If you were to walk from, let's say in London, Waterloo station to Oxford Circus, If you did that same exact walk every single day at the same exact time, you're going to experience something new every single day, even though it's the same route, the same time. Things are always happening in cities. Yeah, it's like a place of wonder and marvel in a sense. Like, yeah, it's just like you expect the unexpected. You can, you know, you can, you know, bump into someone. You can, you can fall in love in a city. Like, you know, meet someone in a cafe and fall in love. Meet someone in a restaurant. Yeah. And I mean, everything is there, like, you know, hospitals, healthcare, work. I I love that. And like, I love the vibrancy of it, not from a professional perspective, but like being around people, being around that kind of energy. And also like the, the historic side of it, you know, if you go to, you know, parts of Italy, you know, uh, Lebanon, Jordan, like, there's so much history in cities. And like, a lot of times it's ingrained within the city and Cairo, you know, the architecture, like, there's just so much to see and so much experience. I find you just have to open your eyes to certain things. Like you can walk, you know, but like you look up at the, look up into the buildings, look at the kind of architecture that's being built or that was built. And like, for example, Cairo, like you walk through Zamalek and you see these buildings that were, like it's such amazing architecture. And it's been through so many years. Like it's, I don't know how long ago it was built. And you just imagine life a hundred years ago in that building and life now and like, It's just, there's so much wonder in in cities. I think that's my short answer, but yeah. And I think like like the human, like when you think about cities, you can't think about cities in isolation. You have to think about the people that live in them. And one of the um, examples I like to use sometimes is there's a piazza in Italy and it's like, you know, considered one of the most, one of the most admired public spaces in in Europe it's called Piazza del Campo and like actually if you look at pictures there's not much there in terms of like it's not an attraction there's no like centerpiece or something it's just an a space mm-hmm. it's just a space and like very subtle design features that contribute to the the experience you know it's just it's just an empty square and the, the floor kind of, um, sort of tapers down Mm -hmm. and basically it's created this sort of amphitheater feel and people like play music and they busk. And it's like such a popular, such a popular place. And the, the actual space was paved, I think in 1339. So like it's gone through so many, you know, so many years and like for me, I like to think about, like, why was it paved in the first place? Obviously, people needed it for something. And now it's one of the most admired places in, in or public spaces in Europe. So, like, it's it's interesting to think about, like, what we as humans desire out of cities. So, like, what we wanted thirteen in 1339 and what we want now are, in one way or another, connected. Like, I'm not saying it's the same thing. I'm sure it's went through so many different functions. But, like, yeah, it's, like, Humans, we just want places to 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 sit and gather and be and experience like the life around us and listen to music and interact with people and yeah, like I think to to appreciate cities, you have to in a sense think about your experience in a city and what you get out of it and try to think a little bit in more detail like things that you may take for granted, try to think of how cities enable that to happen. In a sense.
2: Mm-hmm. So my question for both of you guys is is there a run in your fitness goals for the upcoming season? Question mark. And if so, what distance? And if not, that's cool as well. It's no pressure.
1: For me, definitely. I've I've been having a, a weird hip issue <laughs> where like my hip keeps popping. Oh right, okay. Um, so like I'm keen I'm keen to do a run. But I think I need to strengthen my hip before I get to that point because okay. I think running is is um it's like a constant movement and if like you don't take care of these issues then it could yeah yeah but um I honestly would be keen to do another half marathon I don't think I could I don't I don't know if I want to go longer than that at this point but I would be keen to do another half marathon okay
0: yeah uh, I. For me, when I work out, I do a lot of strength-based working out, and that's what I prefer and what I like and what I've seen a lot of changes with more so than cardio. But I'm starting to get to a point where I, in my own time outside of the gym, I do want to incorporate cardio. So I've already made the decision that I want to start running again, Um, and I think it would be a nice, like… goal to get to of of running so i agree with Abdullah. i think 10k this winter and then maybe a half marathon early next year if we're even allowed to do that sort of thing anymore we can do it together we can do it together exactly um but yeah and i've also made the decision that i think in the next few years not anytime soon i want to run a marathon so i think these will be nice kind of Starting points to get to that. But I've made the decision that I want to run a marathon maybe before I'm 40. So that gives me a good seven years. Seven years? Plenty of time. But uh, it is something I want to do uh, and I've made the decision to do. So yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I think we should get back into it. And yeah. If you're going to run a marathon, I'm going to have to run one with you. Boom. (laughs) I can't. Boom. (laughs) What are you going to train with? Let's do it then. You've got seven years. (laughs) Yeah. Good stuff. So, um, should we get into the takeaway? Oh, 10? I forgot about those. Yes, yeah. we need to get okay, into the takeaway rapid 10. Fire questions. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So, khalid just to give you a quick uh, background, we're going to ask you ten questions. The rapid fire, so you, you just answer them um, and let us know a little bit so more about the you. rules of the game. There is one answer,
2: one word, or one answer. Yeah. One answer. Okay. Like
1: you heard the pilots. We had time, so we kind of like.
2: You did two and stuff, yeah. We yeah, got yeah. into it,
1: so you know. Dilly dally.
0: Okay, Sammy, you want to go first? Let's do it. Okay, so these are your takeaway ten or mm-hmm. our takeaway ten from you, Khaled. Number one, what's your favorite meal to cook?
2: It's called Bolognese shepherd's pie. So it's a Bolognese base with mashed potato on top, and I turn it into a kind of shepherd's pie, but it's it's an invention in our household. It's leftover bolognese sauce with mashed potato on top. Throw it in the oven. It's delicious.
0: That sounds amazing. Does it have peas?
2: Yeah, sure. You can have peas in there. Oh Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And I recommend both of them being a day old. So make your bolognese sauce the day before and your mashed potatoes the day before. Pile them in. Like, assemble your dish cold in a container, in a kind of uh, oven-friendly container. Chuck it in the oven. 40 minutes. Boom. You can Boom. Sprinkle some cheese on top if you want to make it exciting. Oh, sorry. You have to put Alfredo sauce in between the two layers. So if you can buy a store-bought or you can make a roux, like a white sauce as well. Maybe not Alfredo, but like a white sauce. Yeah. Bolognese, white sauce, fucking mashed potato, cheese on top. Boom.
1: Okay. 10 seconds have been... Uh, sorry, I've gone over. <laughs> What's your favorite workout?
2: Sandbags. Boom. So I love sandbags. Ground to shoulder a few times in a row. And then I have sandbags that I can use for other things. Yeah. Love it.
0: What's been your favorite travel experience or holiday?
2: My wife and I climbed a hill by Nepali standards called Gokyo Ri uh, to an elevation of 5,300 meters uh, a couple of years ago. And it was amazing. amazing. Spectacular.
1: I love that that's a hill. That's a hill. yeah. to me is like... <laughs> okay, what has been your proudest moment?
2: You know what? It's ongoing, I think. It's, it's not, it hasn't been a moment. It's been a period. And I think I... Biased. I say I'm, I think I'm a good dad. And I've been a proud father. I've been a proud, good father. Yeah.
0: What is your biggest regret?
2: Well, I listened to the pilot and I don't... Oh, sorry. I'm supposed to answer this rapidly. Sorry. (laughs) You know what? I I hate to take Abdullah's answer, but not starting fitness earlier has been a big regret of mine because I wish I'd started at 18 or 16 or 12, taking it more seriously.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're one of the fittest people I know, so
2: well it's my yep. pleasure but like yeah
1: favorite concert experience dave matthew's
2: band in abu dhabi so dave matthew's band it's kind of one of those fringe artists i listen to or fringe groups that i listen to but uh, their concert in abu dhabi was amazing because it wasn't just the vocalist it was the violinist the trumpeter. like everybody had their own time yeah. and it was just the drum solo was amazing it, it was a musical experience okay
0: what's your favorite instagram account
2: Ooh. Sammy, 40 stories tall oh Big my God. fan
0: Thank you
1: <laughs> Big fan So far so, we oh, haven't answered twice on this show Oh really? Once yeah. by me Once oh, by, right, yeah, yeah. by Sammy oh, nice. <laughs>
0: Favorite hobby
2: It's a bit, sorry, it's a bit typical But running, I love to run, yeah Makes sense yep. uh,
0: Your biggest fear
2: Stagnation To be where I am today, 10 years from now Yep.
1: And if you could repeat one day of your life
2: you know what? Back to that travel experience, I would climb that hill every day for for a long time. It was painful and rewarding and beautiful. You and Did that in one day? So it was it was eight days leading up to the actual hill, the actual climb. Mm. But we were staying in a hotel which was higher than Mont Blanc in altitude wise. So right. it was four thousand nine hundred meters. Mont Blanc is four thousand seven hundred meters, I believe. And you climbed that last whatever 900 to 350 so about 400 500 meters in elevation on that last day and one of the guys we were hiking with one of our guides he brought up some some milky tea and he was he, this guy's amazing like he runs the everest marathon every year and he came in fourth and third and stuff so he's, he's what's very the fit. everest marathon so it's an, a run from uh, Namche bazaar which is uh the kind of beginning of the everest trek really uh, he runs up to everest base camp and back it's 50 something kilometers <laughs> uh, and they do it in one day <laughs> And so this guy basically waited an hour and a half for us to climb and then he grabbed these two tea uh, thermos things and ran up the hill and then we had hot milky tea and we thanked him very much because it was amazing. For him it was just a day of training but yeah. for us it was a huge huge deal. So if I'm allowed to add one part in it was it was a defining moment in my in my in my life and I'd like to add it in if you don't mind of course. earlier on. So I just wanted to, to tell you, one of the, one of the defining moments in, my, uh, in, in growing up in my, in my young adult life was living at the YMCA in Ottawa because, and I still, I've take, I have a photo of the YMCA logo and I have it framed over my, my work desk at home, my study desk, and uh, it, so I lived, we, we didn't, I, was, I was with a friend and we didn't have much money, we just left university, we couldn't find any jobs, so we moved into the YMCA and I think it was $500 for a month. With a shared bathroom and there were two floors of ex-convicts and two floors of troubled youths and the ex-convicts were one one was male one was female one floor was male one was female but they were you know people who were violent and so on and they were in 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 transition between prison and the you know normal normal life and the troubled youths were 17 and under and they'd been in and out of juvenile fa- facilities and they'd come and uh, just that raw reality Made me think, shit. I never want to come back to this fucking place again. And that, to me, has been one of the kind of cornerstones. If you have one of those memory, cor- like a big, heavy stone that, like, you can take yourself back to, it's bat. It's I never want to go back there. Mm. And also, it's the lowest point I've been in my life. So I'm like, well, what? What worse can happen? You know? Yeah. What? What? How much worse can it be? It was a shit situation, but it's. It was one of the most defining features or, or times in my character building so
0: i find that uh, helpful as well for me i either look back on my lowest points or if i'm feeling very low i always say like you've been here before mm. you're gonna survive this or you know it, it's not as bad as x point point. and i think that's really helpful in keeping you balanced in life
1: yeah, yeah. So that's awesome it.
0: Um, so I think that's it with Khalid for today. Thank you so much for coming. You are our first guest, which is a huge honor for us, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, it's all
2: mine, honestly. The honor is all mine.
0: And it's been really interesting, and you have a lot to say. And I do feel like at some point we'll probably have you back, because <laughs> there's a lot more I want to hear from you and from your perspective. Yep. Um,
2: well, I have some more content, so I can grill you as well.
0: Abdullah, where can they find us and how often? Yeah, wherever you listen to a podcast, Spotify... Apple Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Stitcher everywhere so just search Bit of You uh, and you'll get it I mean you're listening to us right now so hopefully you're already subscribed and then rate and review us that's very helpful to get the podcast out there and we're coming to you every other Tuesday so we'll see you in two weeks and on Instagram as well and on Instagram, follow us on Instagram. Thanks, Abdullah. You'll get some behind the scenes. Uh... So a bit
2: of you podcast on Instagram, I believe. Yeah. Thank you. I'm a new follower.
0: Bit of you. Thank you. Yeah. Bit of you podcast on Instagram. You'll get some behind the scenes uh, videos and photos, as well as like news on when we're going to be out. Yeah. Thanks a lot. See you in two weeks. Thank you. See you in two weeks.